What's up? And welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Prayers. My name's Tyler. And as always, I'm here with Zach. What's happening? And we're joined by Morgan. Morgan, I'm so excited hey. to have you here. Thank you. Uh, for maybe those very few staff who maybe don't exactly know what <laughs> yeah. you do on staff. Sure. What, what do you do? Yes. So my title is online campus manager. So I manage the online campus. Basically, all things operations um, and in collaboration with a lot of other teams over here in the DMOC block um, to see services happen, to see integrated formation happen, um, to make digital discipleship happen. So we uh, we I'm, I'm going to like share a private conversation you and I had very publicly now. Oh. Wow. <laughs> OK, great. No uh, warning. <laughs> Uh, we were playing uh, Not Really Strangers mm -hmm. several weeks ago uh, with a handful of people. And the question came up for me to answer about Morgan. What's something that you uh, or that I taught you kind of a thing? So what's something that Morgan has taught me? Mm. And uh, I thought about it for a minute. And I, I remember so distinctly years ago, this is probably 2019, mm. having uh, like an argument on staff, like in, in a meeting with other staff and with a uh, an intern that we had at the time. We very briefly had an intern <laughs> mm. uh, that was saying, you know, like digital discipleship is the new frontier kind of a thing. Mm. And I remember going home and like litigating that out with my roommate at the time, who's Scott Schutte. Uh, and I was like, I don't think it's possible. And Morgan, you showed me mm. that like you changed my mind on that. That, yeah, that's like, awesome. That I... I I saw it happen. And it's one of those things where it's like, you see it happening and it's like, I can't deny the work of the Holy spirit. Like totally online formation is happening. Totally. Uh, what, what did that, like, what did that curve look like for you? Cause you came from yeah. Woodcrest worship, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Into this role. Like why, <laughs> like <Yeah>. what, <laughs> like why did you make that jump? Okay. Uh, and like, what has like figuring out, online discipleship for you? What's that journey kind of look like? Yeah, that's great. I I actually think I had to see that myself too before I fully believed it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, coming from like the live campus space, I loved my experience at Woodcrest. In fact, I went through a mourning process going from um, being a worship leader over here, um, but was really excited for the challenge and the uncharted territory component um, of what an online campus would be, this whole new thing that was just beginning. This was 2020, middle of the year. So everything was kind of up in the air. And yeah. I was really intrigued by that. I also just felt like God was prompting me towards something next. I didn't hmm. even know what that meant. Um, long story short, the same sort of day that I felt a very strong prompting by the Lord and even a phrase over my spirit um, was the same day that the like some job postings came out over the online team. And mm. I was like, oh, that might be it. Wow. Um, so I like <laughs> threw my name out there, actually threw my name out for a different position within the online campus and wow. got redirected <laughs> towards <laughs> another one. Um, and so that journey began then. But even thinking back to what that looked like mid-2020 to what it looks like now in 2023, so wildly different. Hmm. The conclusions that we've come to, the data that we've discovered, the experiments that we've tried, like we have learned so much and evolved so much. And I think there's only so much more to come. And that's inspiring to me in this role. And at times fatiguing because the target seems to continually yeah. shift. You know, uh, we just kind of got 
on the other side of an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I'll probably ever forget, not just because of how the experiment turned out, but just how it started. I'll never forget uh, sitting down in a meeting with you because so much of what we do mm-hmm. at Sandals is like, we could have started this three months ago, but I guess we're going to start it now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we, like, we like short runway. Short runway. And uh, you sat down and you're like, man, I have this idea mm-hmm. for Easter for online. Uh, and we ended up trying the thing and it ended up going really well. But can you tell us a little bit about like yeah. what that idea was and maybe even how you kind of dreamed it up? Totally. So early this year, um, our whole team, you guys know, we were passing around the YouTube culture and trends report from 2022. Mm-hmm. And that thing I mean, we pass around so many articles on this <laughs> yeah, team, so do. many, and some of them I don't read. Some of them, like I read, and and I, it's sort of like in one ear out the other. But I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then some of them kind of like resonate like so deeply. And this was one of those. I felt like the way it was worded, I was inspired to to sort of think outside the box and some things we were doing, um, and it just brought some clarity to like generational connection of mm. what was going to reach people in these formats that we are on. So YouTube is obviously a major platform for us. Our online audience, like I would say the majority, I'm looking at Zachary, majority would watch via YouTube if I we look now, across all yeah. platforms. Uh-huh. If you compare them to each other. And, and that um, could be current, past sermons, whatever. But we yep. see so many viewers and meet so many, so many members of Sandals Church online there. Um but one of the things that stuck with me was like it was wrapping up the report and it said in order to sort of form the next generation, form Gen Z, and then in parentheses, and any other generation, okay, then we need to meet people in their communities, their formats, and their moods. And that I just thought was so interesting because the mood piece I had felt in recent times through the algorithms of TikTok. Like I'm like, oh, I'll go on on TikTok and I'm like, oh, they can tell my mood. And it's both creepy and engaging. Um, and I was trying to figure out how how would we do that? If we could, um, in a message, how could we do that? Around the same time, um, I went to the brainstorm meeting that Melody and her team put on for Easter. And she had some ideas. Um, there was this pitch of, um, they knew they wanted to do kind of three parts. And she had kind of the skeleton set for those three parts. Uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, talking about the humanity of Jesus was where they knew they wanted to begin Pastor Matt's message. And then she talked about the other two components. And I saw the connection that could be made for the humanity of Jesus in the garden to maybe how people might be feeling in this mood concept that I just read in the YouTube report. And so started dreaming of like, what if we could make our own, like sort of choose your own adventure experience for Easter? Um, how would that ever be possible? I don't know, (laughs) but it's not my job to figure out all that. Um, at least not yet. And so I got really excited about the idea of what that would be. And also in how much it would contrast to maybe what a traditional church experience would feel like. I can think of probably every Easter church service I've ever gone to, including ours, including ones that I loved, but they all begin similarly. In and ones cel- that you led. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like celebratory manner, like, hey, everybody, you know, welcome to church. Stand up. We're worshiping our risen savior. And that's kind of where it starts. And mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I thought this idea of 
beginning with a question, even as we think of the shift that we're making as a church towards a missional posture of asking the viewer of a digital service, how are you feeling? Before we do anything, before you, before we tell you about anything involved with Sandals Church, about our vision, about the gospel, let's just ask you, like, how are you feeling right now? Um, and so we brought that experience together and made a version of a choose your own adventure where you could opt into the service based on a series of 12 moons that we put out digitally. Um, people could select that, drop into a unique sort of devotional moment led by Pastor Fredo. Devotional, hosting, reflection, kind of a combination where he first acknowledged, hey, that's a real thing. Um, what you're feeling. Yeah, what you're feeling is real. And by the way, not all feelings are not are negative. <laughs> so yeah. we acknowledge that there's room for that too. Like you might be feeling really joyful right now and we're embracing that. But we're going to talk to that differently than we're going to talk to the person that's agitated. Mm. We're going to talk to that person differently than the person that's experiencing loneliness right now. And so um, our digital experience offered people a different entry point into service. From that, they could then go right into Pastor Matt's message um, and experience a lot of the same things that our live campuses experienced. Some a little different, some tweaks, but... Um, the heart of the message was the same and the experience, I think, aligned at the core. One of the things that's so interesting to me about that is about this idea is that it can only really work online. Mm -hmm. totally. Like we can't really create that kind of an experience at mm -hmm. campuses where it's like you walk in the door and tell us how you're feeling yes. and you're going to go to a different auditorium. We don't have enough auditoriums for that. Sure. And it might be too vulnerable yeah. to yeah. physically demonstrate that with other people watching. Oh, yeah. There, there could be so many other yeah. effects like, there. How many times, I, I, I'll say that this happens to me, like how many times do you walk into a service, physical service, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Like yeah. this is just not where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not going to sing right now because mm -hmm. this song, it doesn't make sense. This is I'm not at. aligned to my current right mood. Yeah. yeah, and that is certainly a lot about what's happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not something that the church is doing wrong. It's not like a mm -hmm. like a critique of the service. It's just like this yep. is just not where I'm at. It's the human experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. Like I guess being a little vulnerable. That that happened to me this past staff meeting where we mm -hmm. like come in for worship, and yeah. I was just like, "Yep, not. Yeah, I am not." celebrating right now i'm not excited i'm not happy yeah and like thankfully like by the end of the service like the service had had a forming effect on me totally um but you just can't with a crowd of people in a uh, in a live event mm -hmm. you can't adjust for or even uh find a way to collect and understand yeah. everyone's mood that they're coming into that with yeah and it's even interesting hearing you guys share that because same sentiment. If I'm in a service and I'm not totally feeling it, I'm still going to stick around yeah. and there's yeah. going to be a chance for my out. heart to soften and my attitude to change in a digital service. If I'm not feeling it, I'll just opt out. Like yeah. I'm done. And that can be like, it can be a whole host of things too. It could be the mm -hmm. thumbnail. It could be the title. It could yeah. be the first five seconds. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many ways, so many reasons someone might Click the red X. Yeah, just mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, totally. But I think that this is this is also beautiful too because I think you 
we leveraged some of the differences that makes digital and online special. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler was saying, you, you can't really do that. Like some churches, they might have, you know, the the classic service versus the contemporary service. Mm-hmm. Like that that's interesting. Yeah. But doing something like this, I think it's it's unique in the digital space because it's one of the things that you can do that's kind of special. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really do that same kind of a thing in person, in an in-person context. Right. Um, and I, th- sometimes that's one of the challenges. Like sometimes we kind of pit the in-person experience to, you know, with the online mm-hmm. experience, like mm-hmm. we put them against each other. Not not maybe on purpose, but like, it's just like there are resource constraints and there's things where people are trying to do and especially big events like Easter. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, like we're really trying to focus on, you know, this thing. Um, I think it's neat to have something that is, that feels pretty different mm-hmm. from what's happening in person. I think that contrast can be helpful yeah. sometimes and like yeah. lean into what makes our ability to do things a little bit differently online. Yeah, like a differentiation in medium yeah. and style, Yeah, but an alignment in yep. message. That's right. And I think that we were able to to do that and even collaborate internally speak that together, which was, which was encouraging. I think that was one of the more successful collaborations we've had. And uh, Melody articulated that. And I felt like so grateful for the freedom that we had to dream and kind of try this out and the trust that we had in, in doing that too. And I, a lot of people wouldn't have gotten to have this experience. Honestly, most of the staff probably didn't get mm-hmm. to have the, the online experience, the mood experience. Um, but I had uh, maybe an even more unique one uh, because I was hosting uh, for online mm-hmm. on Easter. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, as you both know, uh, <laughs> when you hear the exact same message four times, yeah, it gets a little bit like you kind of want to press mute after the yeah. second one. You're <laughs> like, I got bit. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I got to do something unique where I I got to do each experience oh, so each service yeah. what wow. the volume that i had on was like the you know i started with that's neat just the the main stream mm-hmm. and then i did the three uh mood experiences that's awesome and it was really interesting to me how just fredo's opening couple of minutes mm-hmm. really shifted the tone of matt's message hmm. oh that's interesting wow like because it just yeah. set me up and it set Matt up in a different way. And so I think it's, I think it's awesome and encouraging to me that we can have alignment on message while also still playing around with tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I can say, uh, you know, I, as a, as an example, I could say live in the dream in a lot of different inflections and a lot of different tones that mm-hmm. communicates to you whether I'm like actually living the dream <laughs> or, or I'm being sarcastic <laughs> yeah. or yeah. I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I think that we were able to, to pull that off with this. And I think that that's, that's really interesting to me. It was cool too. in in those moments specifically with Fredo, like those are unique pastoring moments for him, for the online campus. Yeah. That looks so different from a live campus. Um, the way that he would host and even the information that he shared in those moments versus what the CPs shared in a live experience was not going to look the same. Yeah. But there was a shepherding ability in the things that he shared and in and in the way that the Lord spoke through him, even in those like, I think they were like one to three minutes yeah. each. Mm-hmm. Um, that really 
I think could create some equity with our audience, which is really, really neat. Yeah, it's a huge win. Yeah. Speaking of wins, how did this experiment go? What did, how did it do? You know, it was interesting. So I was watching like a hawk on the weekend. Like what, <laughs> what's going on? What are these numbers? And who's to, like who's tuning into which emotion and who's opting out of the emotions altogether? Like I was super curious as to how that would go. I think the the spin on it for me that was interesting was we saw great attendance at our live campuses and we saw our online stay about the same. It, it There wasn't a crazy influx, but there wasn't a crazy decrease, even though our live campuses had a big increase, which to me, that was where I found my encouragement in this like hybrid world and nature of attending a campus, maybe watching online. There's, you know, there's a section of our audience that lives in that space. I'm sure that some normal online viewers attended live, which is fantastic. But with that said, that means enough people joined in online that the numbers didn't really change much. Um, so that was encouraging to me. When we looked at the subset of who opted in to these different emotional sets, this was also interesting. And you and I chat about this, Tyler, where um, we saw, so if we divided it into sort of three categories, there was four emotions that represented a happier set, four emotions that represented a sadder set, and four that represented an angry type set. And we saw more than double the amount of views in our angry set than we did in our sad or happy set. That was fascinating to us um, because we have for so long been sharing this narrative. I'm going into an email that you and you and I, and I think a few others have been kind of passing back and forth. This narrative that loneliness is the problem we need to cure. But loneliness is more of a sadder subset of emotion. So we're, we're tossing around this kind of hypothesis now that maybe loneliness isn't the problem. Maybe there's actually something else in this more angry, frustrated, broken, in need of healing and in need of forgiveness subset. We don't necessarily maybe have it worded super great yet, but we're wondering if maybe that is more of a testament to where people are coming from than just I'm lonely. Mm. Like maybe there's more barriers in that world. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's super fascinating to me Yeah, uh, that, you know, uh, so often we, uh, we really do become little echo chambers. Mm. Like, you know, as we work on things totally, and it's like, Oh, this is the idea. I'm pretty sure it's this. And everyone's like, that sounds good. And we just kind of rally around mm -hmm. it. And then when we get confronted with like, oh, maybe that, maybe that hypothesis was just wrong, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. a, that's an interesting moment for us. Mm -hmm. And it requires uh, something that, you know, Zach, you brought up a lot, you know, this idea, like every, everything, Morgan, that you're talking about, not only what we learned, um, but also just how we got to this experiment mm -hmm. are both really good examples of, uh, of being a very adaptive leader mm -hmm. um, and not just looking for a technical solution to plug into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I think a technical solution to Easter online is point the camp, put, put a camera in the back of the room, yep. point it at the stage and send it to, send it to the cloud, Copy make it look paste. as best as it, you know. <laughs> as best as you can make it look. Yeah. Uh, where an adaptive solution is something like what you've described, what we tried. Mm -hmm. Um, and we learned a lot from that. Yeah. 
Um, but even what we learned, I think, is that we need to continue to be adaptive. That was one of the yeah. one of the lessons. Yeah. And maybe this is a never ending lesson. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like. Are you guys familiar with? Have you heard of the OODA loop before? OODA? OODA. O-O-D-A. Okay. That, yeah. It's a what language. Yeah. It's a it's a it's an abbreviation. Uh, so it's it's how uh, it's how the United States military are, are taught to make decisions. And so it's uh, the OODA loop is observe, okay. orient, uh, decide, and act. And it's a loop. Mm. You're just always going back to observe. After Once you act, mm. you're back to observe. Uh, so you got to like observe. You got to really know what your surroundings are, what yeah. your situation is. You have to orient yourself in like sometimes physical space, sometimes in like, okay, what in my past experience mm. can inform mm -hmm. my decision. So that's kind of the orient phase. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, of course, decide and then act. Uh, and, cool. and I think that like adaptive leadership really is a little bit like that. It mm -hmm. is a little bit of a loop, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you kind of, I even love that it's a loop. Like there's yeah. not a like final Done destination. <laughs> yeah. You started over again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bit of a mentality shift. It is. Cause productivity tells us historically you create the item, you cross it off the list. Right. But the loop is probably more our reality. Yeah. It, I mean, it certainly is uh, like in the in the the big picture for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also think it is in the smaller details of our mm -hmm. of our life uh, and of our job. Um, I I want to uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting, and that I think that you have like a particularly unique perspective on, mm -hmm. is this idea of our like evolving journey to adapt live events for mm -hmm. online audiences mm -hmm. and like going back, you know, even to 2020, like, you know, yeah. when you stepped into this role, I remember at that time we were like, okay, well we used to do a bunch of conferences in 2019 and 2018. And so let's just mm -hmm. do a conference online Yeah, and not with a lot of success. I think no. everyone would agree like, okay, that it was, was a good go. It was a good go, yeah. but we're not going to try that again. Uh, as you've kind of sat in this role and, and even through this experiment, like what are some, what are some things that you're noticing that are important as we adapt these live events mm -hmm. for online audiences? That's a good question. I, I honestly think what we're doing in the work of integrated formation speaks a lot to this. Okay. Because to me, it's not just about like the live event, but what is the live event trying to accomplish, which is typically formation in some sense, right? connection in some sense, um, maybe like uh, building relational equity, establishing safety in a vulnerable scenario. Like we talk about making real, real spaces and places where it's safe to be real. And even all of those sentiments, because I think they're all valuable how would we do that um, in our space? And it's less about matching live to live and to me more about what's the integrity of the, the value and what's trying to be accomplished there mm. and bringing that to life in our space, which I think integrated formation is an incredible kind of model that might help us get there. Right. Um, we're already seeing it to a degree. And I know we're, we're never going to feel like 
oh, yep, we're good, good to go. Like, I guess we're done. You know, it's the loop. We're just going to keep going. But like integrated formation, thinking through like trying to maintain that, that integral set of values and, and maybe goals of those things and adopting them into different rhythms. So experiences, routines, connections, content. I mean, even as, as the DMOC team goes, what we do is not just content. And that's sort of been a stake in the ground that I think we're, we're saying in this last maybe year or so where it already wasn't true, but we're, we're really saying it now. We're, we're going to do more than content. What we do is going to be more than content. And so we're going to lean into creative mediums and ideas and experiments that bring those same ideas of connection, of safety, of building relational equity, of our vision coming to life, of discipleship into any medium that we think might carry potential because we're going to give it a go. We're going to see what can happen. We're going to see, even help discover where God is in those things because when we find momentum, we'll just add fuel to the fire, but we don't really know where all the momentum is until we try it. Um, which is why we say experiment so much on this team. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, that really adopting into those, like we used to talk about omni channel. It's not just about omni channel. It's about like omni methodology and like, (laughs) like all of these omnis, um, it's a metaverse or a multiverse or whatever you want to call it. Like Spider-Man status. (laughs) Like we are like, trying to figure out where that is and how it can be accomplished. And so I think, I think we are just becoming more and more aware that it's complex Mm. and we're another change we talked about this year. We are embracing complexity. We're not going live event here, copy paste to live event on YouTube, Mm. premiere it at this time, this place, because we have an audience that's across the world, all different time zones all different walks in their faith, some not even calling themselves believers yet. And so would that make sense? And the answer for us is no. But what would accomplish the values that that's going to accomplish? And I think we're looking for ways to do that more and more. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have kept up on um, the Rebuilders episodes Mm -hmm. that they've been releasing recently, but they, they just released one, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's I think it's stepping into the unknown and leading into the unknown. I think that's yeah. the one. But they were, had a guest on that one. Yeah. yeah, and and they were talking a little bit about um, some of like the types of people they see, kind of like both entering and leaving their churches. And and one of the the thoughts that I thought was pretty insightful, they were talking about how you know culture has made it so that it's very easy for people to kind of like you know. Uh, try something and leave like you 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 go to a church and maybe you're there for a little bit but you hear something or you see something you don't like and like you're just out like mm-hmm. you, you just leave and and there's this kind of like um cultural experience that just makes it very easy for people to like do that and hop kind of from church to church to church mm-hmm. um and um one of the things that I thought was interesting I was I was debriefing that with Brian a little bit and we were talking about kind of like this dynamic of like what's kind of like guiding some of the things you're doing. Like, because the one of the things that mega churches have become very focused on is the gathering. Mm-hmm. And I think gathering people is super important, super valuable. Um, but if if you're super, if you become very gathering centric, then I I do think it can make it easier 
for people to kind of like rotate in and out. Sure. And the, oh, like the churn. Yeah, like yeah. the churn becomes a real challenge. Like where people they you just kind of rotate in and out, and maybe maybe you get people for a short period of time, but then they hop to another church, and maybe they come back in a few years, but maybe they don't. Like, um, and and I think that it can be one of the challenges if you're if you're very focused on on gatherings at times. But if I think the that maybe one of the shifts, and I think we're trying to wade through that a little bit in some areas right now too, is like if you're discipleship centric. I think it helps that a little bit because it's mm-hmm. more focused on how are our people, how are you, how are we growing spiritually in our relationship with Jesus, how are we becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's less about kind of like an event or a thing and more about the work that's happening inside mm-hmm. of you. Um, that's good. And I don't know, I, that their conversation just made me think about that a lot. Like what is as we're really pressing into, because I think a lot of people would say, well, the goal is discipleship. Mm-hmm. But the way you work that out can be vastly different across teams and Definitely. churches and, and all of these different experiences. Um, and it's just something that I've been mulling over a lot lately. Like, um, you know, when you're thinking about how do you, to me, it's almost not even like, how do you adapt events online or like events, in-person events for the online audience? Like to me, that's not even like necessarily what we're, trying to do, although I, I do think that there's a lot of those things that we're trying to like adapt and translate, but it's like, what's like our discipleship mm-hmm. model, especially in the online space that draws people in and where they want, that's what they really want. Yeah. Like that's what they desire. Hmm. That, uh, that, I mean, what you're describing, Zach, is I think, uh, you know, really ultimately, Morgan, what you were kind of referencing earlier, integrated formation. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I mean, you know, to be honest, we have said integrated formation a handful of times. I think everyone has heard of the phrase, uh, but maybe, you know, uh, we'll, for my benefit, what, what is integrated formation? <laughs> I could take a stab at defining it, but Zach, you also hop in if you want. Sure. You look eager. No, he doesn't. Um, I I think there's probably two goals, one ranking higher in priority than the other. Let's see if ours are the same. <laughs> yes. oh, I, yeah. have two, I have two Let's as well. Go. Oh, all right. <laughs> Grudge match. Everybody clench. Um, so I think the first goal is that we create formation in people's lives. So we create discipleship momentum. Nailed it. Great. Okay. Phew. Um, that would be goal number one. That is integrated formation. That is like the external view that and that ranks higher in priority than the second piece. It's also a way in which we organize what we are doing as a church. Yep. And that's what I would say. Yeah, that's right on. That's ex- okay. exactly what I was going to say. And and the reason I think that they're oriented in that nature, like they're in that priority is because I think it's it's really important to meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. um, to integrate formation into their daily lives and not ask them to always come to our thing, do our thing, mm-hmm. be all about us. But, but I think it's our job to be all about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, I think it's great when, when we can organize ourselves in a way where things feel cohesive, they're yeah. connected, what, what different teams are doing. Um, they, they kind of like line up or stack together I think that there's uh, real value in that. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's funny. I was I was talking to uh, another pastor 
uh, a few months ago, uh, just about the idea of integrated formation. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, I'm trying to explain it to him as best I can. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that I explained is, you know, that's the second component. You know, the idea that uh, okay, what our youth ministry is talking about should is is going to be in the same vein as what our men's ministry and cultivate our women's ministry and what uh, you know our sermon series might be or what like content you know for the top of the funnel our digital media team is creating. It's all kind of around the same formational idea. Sure. Um, and he was saying, like, I've, I don't think I've ever heard a church do that before, like have alignment across the organization. And I was like, yeah, that's, but that's not even the cool part. Yeah. Like the cool part that I don't think I've ever heard a church do is figure out where to, where to, where we can insert ourselves into other people's lives Mm -hmm. versus asking them to orient their life around us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we're trying our best to embrace both the complicated and the complex. Mm -hmm. Like, because when we say something like that, yeah, yeah, it's both. When we say something like that, when we're, when we're taking on a project for integrated formation, we try to be pretty detailed about who we're trying to reach. Like, who are those people? Where are they in our funnel? Are they people who have been at Sandals for a long time? Or do they not even know who we are? Mm-hmm. Um, like, wh- what are the aspects about them that we could know about? What, what are the things that we think would be valuable to them? Like, there's a lot of work that mm-hmm. goes into just trying to understand those people at a deeper level and figure out what what we think we could do to better integrate formation into their life. Like what's the right thing to say to this particular person on this particular step of the journey? That's right. How does that shake out in terms of like, uh, you know, collaboration? Like how have you guys seen that shake out in terms of like our team's collaboration? Mm -hmm. And also how have you guys seen that maybe shake out as, as we've, we're still, newly experimenting with this and getting our feet under us. But how have you seen that shake out in people's lives who are maybe like transparently receiving integrated formation? They just don't even know it. They've never heard that phrase and they never yeah. will. Yeah. Do you want to share anything on that? I'm trying to think if I have any stories that I've heard of. I don't, I would say that we're still pretty fresh and new in that process and that we've probably like learned more than we maybe know what to do sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like, it's been such a learning process as we try our best to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't, do you have anything? I actually feel like going into this next season, season two, yeah. I'm feeling more confident, so maybe. much more confident yeah, absolutely. than the, than season one. And then the pilot season that we did at yeah. quarter four of last year, because I feel like it's the first time we have, um, united understanding as to what the season theme is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we like not only understanding, but like buy-in Yeah, um, for a couple of those. I'm not sure if we were fully bought into it, but we were like, well, we'll, we'll do our jobs. So here you go. Um, and so we had a pitch meeting last week around what we're going to do in season two. And that's the most cohesive pitches I've ever heard yeah. shared one after another, still granted for different, the different mediums and the different, um, levels of the funnel, but it felt very cohesive. I feel like season two is where we might see some more, um, not just seeds planted, but maybe we'll see some more 
and hear some more stories. Yeah. And I think what's been exciting for me about that is that um, it feels like it's not like I, 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 I hear integrated information popping up in other places. Mm. That's what's kind of exciting. It's like other people are, 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 are latching onto that. The idea seems to be taking more shape than it has in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited about that momentum. Like how might we be able to um, partner with more people, have it encompass more areas, more teams, more of what we're doing um, to really give it a shot to, to meet people where they're at, to integrate formation into their lives. Um, that, that's one of the things that I've been seeing that I'm excited about. Mm. Well, Morgan, uh, as we kind of bring this conversation to a close, uh, thank you so much for, first of all, sitting down with us. And Thanks. I'm, Thanks I'm for having me. super excited about some of these experiments and some of these uh, different ways of approaching something that, uh, like, there is no, no one out there has mm-hmm. the right answer for this. Like, you're <laughs> in a space that even if you me included yeah <laughs> even if you wanted to find technical solutions they're just aren't they really exist. out there yep they don't exist uh and so thank you for you know diving into that space but as we kind of bring this to a close i'm curious what uh you're thinking about right now and what you're praying for right now yeah i'm thinking a lot it it kind of goes back to the easter conversation a little bit but maybe deeper down a rabbit hole um I'm thinking about what we are learning about with the fragmentation and individualization of our culture and what that's going to mean for the church, what that's going to mean for people's emotional state um, and how we might overcome barriers to have some, some sort of access into them wanting to hear from the church or be open to the church. Um, this is something I I just have to pray for wisdom on because I have no idea um, how to sort of overcome that other than I know the Lord can, but I don't know like what's what's our role in that yet. I don't know. And so I'm really interested by what that's going to yield in our work and what, what we're going to see with that. Well, uh, as I guess now usual, two in, I think I can say things like as usual. Sure. <laughs> you as, make the rules. I yeah. make the rules. I've, yeah, I've, I've got the microphone. I have the <laughs> buttons where I can just turn it off. You hold all the power. Uh, as usual, uh, if you listen to this episode and, and you think that somebody would really love to hear it, we'd love for you to share it with them. Um, but if someone you know uh, is also thinking about these things, is wanting to... Uh, experiment and get involved, uh, you can absolutely point them to uh, serving with the online campus team and with the digital media team. Uh, and you can reach out to to Morgan or Zach yep. and we'll, yeah. we'll get, we'll get them connected. And if you're interested in seeing um, that Easter experience, it's still online. You can go to sandalschurch.com slash Easter online uh, and you can experience that for yourself if you weren't able to and you're interested in what we did. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you, Morgan. Thanks. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Thoughts and Prayers. Later.